So Father, we just want to come before you right now. We lay aside our agenda and we ask, Father, for your name to be glorified, that you will be lifted high, that your word will be a lamp unto our feet, that you will bring forth your blessing, that your promises are yes and amen. And we celebrate the victory that we have in you. We thank you, Yeshua, that you came and you paid the price. You showed the way. See here, as we see in addition to the scriptures that was added in in verse 4, and this is for Eusebius's sake. <laughs> Quite difficult to say all that in one mouthful. Eusebius, he was the one who was uh, counseling Constantine. He was the one bringing the order. He was the first person to proclaim that Yeshua's ministry was three and a half years. And one of the things that happened to me as I walked the land, and this is before I met people like Michael Rood and before he did things like the Chronicle, well, is at the time when he was writing the chronological gospels. But as I was walking the land, one thing the Father said to me, he said that Yeshua is the Passover lamb, and that Passover lamb has to be a year. And one of the things the Holy Spirit whispered to me is that the ministry of Yeshua was just over one year. It wasn't three and a half years. But I didn't understand that. And the first person I shared this with of the revelations that the Holy Spirit had been revealing to me as he opened up the gospel of the kingdom from the book of Genesis all the way to Revelation. And the impact on my theology and what I thought was truth, what I thought was, um, you know, right and wrong uh, in the interpretation of Scripture you know, as I walked the land and I said, Father, what are you doing in the land of Israel? How do I align myself with you? How do I become a part of your purpose here in the land? You know, what are you doing here in the land? And when I look back over the last 10 years and the impact of the intercession, the in impact of uh, my understanding of Scripture, there's so much has changed and it's it's brought incredible addition and understanding to the scriptures it's opened my eyes in incredible ways and I've taken that message of what the Father has revealed to me to the nations of the world and I've encouraged pastors I've encouraged churches Christians and believers to identify are we following Catholicism or are we following the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob are we truly following Yeshua if we're following Yeshua he said that I and the Father are one he didn't come here to say that the feasts are done away with. In fact, you know, he makes it pretty clear uh, in the book of Matthew chapter 5. And, uh, you know, I really want to hit on these points, especially at the beginning of the fall feast. This is vitally important. And, you know, if you've heard this before, that's okay. Because, you know, let's use this time of ministry to wake people up. And, you know, this is what we have uh, you know, the the trumpet blast, the, the sounding of the shofar, what are we proclaiming? We we are making a declaration. I believe that Yeshua is making a declaration. But in Matthew chapter 5, just after the Beatitudes, and we do a whole series on the Beatitudes, I hope you will enjoy on our YouTube channel and also on podcast. But in verse 17, it says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the Torah the law or the prophets have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them to bring them to their fullness and what's so powerful about what he's saying is 
we know that the that the the Torah and the prophets have not been done away with because he puts them both together in this in this uh, sentence in uh, verse seventeen. So you know you can't say the Torah is done away with, but the prophets are still here. When when where do we see the prophetic words concerning the second coming of Messiah? It's found in the prophetic books. It's also found within the Torah. And one thing we understand, the work of Yeshua is not complete. You are not living in the fullness of salvation. We are being saved. We have the guaranteed seal. Hallelujah. We have the Ruach HaKodesh, the guaranteed seal. I rejoice that I have the Spirit of the living God dwelling within me, that I have the voice of the Holy Spirit ministering to me, teaching me, opening up the scripture. Yeshua says, don't think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. So why is it many in today's Christianity want to throw the law and the prophets away? You don't need any of that. You just have uh, the New Testament. You know, just we are New Testament believers in Jesus, you know. No, we have to embrace the fullness of the book. If it's just about the New Testament, why are you carrying about a Bible with 66 books in it? Why are we carrying all these books with us? And the reason we carry all these books together is because they're vitally important to our faith. Now, what does it say here, verse 18? I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not one of the smallest letters or the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the Torah until everything is accomplished. And this is so important. Everything has to be accomplished. So when Yeshua is fulfilling the Torah, he is bringing it to its fullness. He is bringing the understanding to our awareness to the highest level so we understand this and this is really amazing what takes place in verse 19 anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven so Yeshua is putting this into perspective he's not saying that you know I'm not talking about an Old Testament principle here I'm telling you but how you teach and how you minister on the commandments, how you minister on the instructions of Yehovah, how you practice them, and how you share with others determines where you stand within the kingdom. So if you don't follow the commands and you teach others not to follow the commands, and you don't practice the commands, you know, you'll be called least in the kingdom. Okay. So where are we at here? But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Well, what commands is he talking about? You've got to look within the context from verse 17. What's Yeshua talking about? He's talking about the Torah and the prophets. And as we look at the Beatitudes in chapter 5, what's amazing that we see in here, we see Yeshua laying the foundation. Do you want to understand what the Torah is all about? You want to understand what the instructions are all about? I'm going to lay a foundation. And then he goes on and starts dealing with the understanding of the commandments. And what does he bring in? He brings in the spirit of the law. You have the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. And I have many people that say to me, Oh, Kenny, you know, I don't know what your problem is here. But, you know, if you want to follow Torah, that's death. You know, I want to follow Yeshua. We are under 
grace and and that's life well let me tell you something you start looking at the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law and I want to ask you a question what's more difficult to accomplish it's a lot more difficult to accomplish the spirit of the law than the letter of the law so thank you father for the grace that we receive in Yeshua thank you father for the mercy that comes from the throne room that Yeshua you know he paid the price we are washed in the blood of Yeshua we are not perfect and we need the covering of the blood of Yeshua to live this life but we are called to teach people the commandments verse 20 for I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the Sadducees this is powerful and the teachers of the law the Pharisees and the teachers of the law you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven what is he saying these Pharisees and Sadducees these teachers of the law what are they doing they are preaching a false gospel and you know we see in the writings um, of uh, Peter he talks about the false gospels there'll be many gospels as in the book of first John you know we don't just want to walk with all of these different gospels these false gospels we want to walk with the truth of the word so what have we got to do we've got to untangle from Constantinian Christianity we've got to make a decision what are we going to do follow the feasts or follow new feasts that have been installed to take you away from the feasts of Elohim we don't want to be taken away from the feasts of the Lord but we want to draw near to his feasts so I wanted to lay that foundation because my intercession and my prayer today is that today many people will be woken up that even at this broadcast as I'm sharing right now people are tuning in right now and you don't follow the feasts and you're in love with Yeshua you're filled with the Holy Spirit you're you have a great relationship with Yehovah you don't understand why are people blowing the shofar why are people uh, doing all these feast things what's going on with that and let me tell you something I am not promoting Judaism just as Yeshua says Listen, if your righteousness doesn't surpass that of these Pharisees and these teachers of the law, if you don't surpass them in righteousness, your righteousness has to be found in Yeshua. You know, there's only one way to the Father, and that's through Yeshua. You can't get to the Father through Judaism. And, you know, we're not an offset of Judaism. Yeshua, at the time of the feast, he went up to Jerusalem. And what did he do? He challenged them on their understanding he challenged them on their teaching and that's why I want to encourage you during these fall feasts I want you to read uh, you know the book of John John chapter 6 John chapter 7 John chapter 8 <laughs> 10 you know just uh, you know going on and looking at how Yeshua is operating at the feast times and what do we see we see debate we see discard we see this this challenge as Yeshua is being challenged what does he believe does he believe like we believe can we trip Yeshua up this is what the Pharisees and the teachers of the law wanted to do they wanted to trip Yeshua up and say see I told you he is not valid he is false he doesn't have the truth and as we come to scripture we see that Yeshua comes against 
the takanot of the Pharisee. The, he comes against the rules and the regulations that they add to the system. One of those rules and regulations we see even at the Feast of Trumpets at Yom Trua, we see um, uh, we see Happy New Year. They want to bring in the new year and they adopt this from the Babylonian calendar and oh, this is going to be your new year. But let me tell you something. We know that Pesach, Passover, is held in the first month. And then even in the, the Jewish calendar, in their calendar, it comes to Passover. But at the beginning of that month, you hear no one in the land of Israel saying Happy New Year at the first day of the first month, uh, you know, in the Hebrew calendar. They don't say Happy New Year. They only say Happy New Year at Yom Trua, the Feast of Trumpets. They don't talk so much about trumpets. They talk more about the pomegranates and the honey, and it's the new year. But there's a call that is going out at the Feast of Trumpets. There's a shout that is rising. And we see that shout that took place right back there in the book of Exodus. You know, when the trumpet blast came and the commandments were given and Yehovah God himself spoke the commandments over the assembly, the whole assembly of Israel that was made up not just of uh, the 12 tribes of Israel, but it was also made up of uh, those who so journeyed amongst them and they heard in their own voice, in their own language, they heard the commandments being spoken forth. And I really believe that because when we see the outpouring of the Ruach HaKodesh at Pentecost, after the, the ascension of Messiah, you know, uh, you know, what happened? Everybody heard the truth in their own language. It was another encounter that was taking place of restoration. So it's very powerful what we see here. And many people are put off following the feasts because their problem is they don't want to be Jewish. And when they look at the laws of Judaism and the religiosity that comes with it, you know, they don't want to dress like them. They don't want to act like them. They don't want to go through a spirit of religion. But we want to walk in relationship and the freedom of a mighty God. So where do you get that balance? Where do we get that teaching? And, you know, I was told through the the, the decades of my Christian walk and uh, uh, in, in, in my years as in ministry, I was told very clearly you know, that these are the feasts of the Jews. We can come along and identify with the Jews during this feast time, but you don't have to do them. And it all uh, is uh, taken up from the, the, the message that came forth from James in the book of Acts at the council in Jerusalem. What do we do with all these Gentiles who are coming of faith? And, you know, we will press into that uh, a message and its importance but really the gist is, is this the gist is this there was a few things they had to uh, refrain from so that they could come in to the synagogue to hear the scriptures because they didn't have bibles you know you couldn't walk you couldn't walk along with your bible with the scriptures no you had to go to a synagogue so that you could hear the scrolls being read so that you could hear the scriptures because to own your own scroll would have cost, you know, like a, a year or, or more wages just to have your own scroll. So communities had scrolls. 
and the synagogue was the community center it was the place where the community gathered together so that they could hear the scriptures being read and I, and I love what happened when Ezra came back from the Babylonian captivity he read the scriptures to the people and the people wept as they listened to the Torah being read it's so powerful of what we see in the scriptures being read and, and this is why we want to be those who understand the Torah and we want to delve in but I want to hit on a couple of points here tonight as we enter into the fall feast and I want us to understand what is taking place here at this feast time and and why it's important for us but if, if we look at most of our modern translations of the scripture today one example being John chapter 6 uh, verse 4 which I quoted at the beginning of our time here the Jewish Passover uh, feast was near and again within the writings of our English translations what does it say the Jewish Passover and when they translate into Hebrew you know our modern Hebrew translations that we have today they've been taken from English translation Greek translation they've got this added in as well but when you go back to uh, all of the the old copies of scripture that was found uh, you know there was only a few versions that were found with this verse in you know so there was there was copies that were found that didn't have this verse in here but this is what is required for the phantom Passover to be added and the reason why this phantom Passover had to be added so that you could see the ministry of Yeshua being three and a half years but like I said I truly believe that Messiah his ministry was not three and a half years it was only uh, 70 weeks or just over a year so I just want to bring that point out so if you've been told that these are the feasts of the Jews and you don't have to do them let me tell you something there must be two Gospels you know if the Gospel doesn't go from Genesis to Revelation what is our Gospel what are we reading it's got to all tie together we have to be grafted in we have to be one in Messiah Yeshua he paid the price and, and you go to Jeremiah chapter 31 31 what's it talking about the the new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah there's no covenant for the Gentiles you have to be grafted in to the Commonwealth of Israel and to do that we've got to get to that place where we come and embrace the Torah we don't have to embrace the Takanot, the additions of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law in the days of Yeshua and also in the days today and the things that they teach here today we don't want to follow their ways we want to follow the ways of Yeshua so what what do we see through Yeshua when uh, he says in John chapter 14 I've got to go um, to prepare a place for you and they're like well where are you going and oh just show us the father and then we will know you know the way and Yeshua said if you have seen me you have seen the father why because I and the father are one so if you create a gospel that disconnects the message of the father and the message of Yeshua then we've got a problem why because the early believers who came to faith were Jewish and they were coming to faith in Messiah and, and you know why is that so important because if they were in a relationship with the father how could they become the bride of Messiah as some call the bride of Christ 
They can't be the bride of the Father and the bride of the Son. And these things are vitally important that we understand. But there's some key things that we need to understand as we come into the fall feasts. And at the beginning of this message in the, the header section, I've also included a link to this month's newsletter where we give an outline of the feast to help you understand the importance of the feast. And I want to encourage you, embrace the feast because every believer, we need to know the feast. And Constantine's model was to take us away from the Sabbath, take us away from the feast and create a world religion, a Roman religion, Roman Catholicism. You know, but Constantine still remained a sun worshipper like all the pagans that went along with them as well. So they wanted to adopt these different festivals so that they could keep the pagans within this new religious system. But we want to follow Yeshua. What did he teach us? He taught us that if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. So everything that we see within the Torah, what's it all about? It's about Yeshua. We've got to be able to go back and embrace the feast and identify who the Messiah is. You know, what's important about the Feast of Trumpets is the timing of the announcement of the return of the Messiah. So when is Yeshua coming back? He's not coming back, uh, you know, in December 25th or November 18th. He has to come back on the Feast of Trumpets. This is the season and the timing of the return of the Messiah. And many people are talking like, Yeshua's coming back right now, get ready. You know, if he doesn't come back this Yom Truah, he's gonna come back next year. Don't you look at the signs of what's going on in the world? Yes, I can see all the signs that's going on in the world, but let me tell you something, there's so many prophetic scriptures that have to be fulfilled. We have to see a breakdown of modern Zionism so that biblical Zionism can rise up. Do you believe that it's time for revival in the land of Israel. Do you believe that this is the hour for us to see a mighty outpouring in the land of Israel and in the nations of the world? I truly believe that churches right now, leaders, the leadership are waking up to the order and you know uh, the heartbeat of Elohim, the heartbeat of God. And his heartbeat is these appointed times these more deems, these are appointed times for you and for me to meet in the presence of a mighty Elohim, a mighty God. Hallelujah. So we are hearing the cry. And, you know, this is a cry to believers and non-believers. And, you know, I use these feast times uh, to really reach out to the church especially and to encourage those who are walking in the feast. Look, don't get caught up in religion and the practices of religion during the feast time. Stop following what Judaism does and just start reading the Bible and walking with the scriptures. You should see what the Jewish communities think of me sleeping outside during Sukkot. They're like, why are you sleeping outside? Well, it says in the word, they're like, what, really? You know, they, they set their Sukkot up, they put their big posters of their famous rabbi that they give money to and they put their little money in for the rabbi. They invite people around, come and see my sukkah on day one. And that's about it. You know, some of them might have the kids eating in the sukkah. But, you know, they might have a, a couple of times to go sit there. But really, you know, they can rip it down after that uh, 
initial come and see my sukkah ceremony that takes place. So I'm just telling you as it is. You know, in Jerusalem and some of the religious communities, you'll see them sitting and studying within uh, their sukkah. You'll see more uh, of a religious approach on a daily basis within the sukkah. You definitely will see that there. But across the majority of Israel, and you understand the makeup of Israel right now, you know, the makeup of Israel is not a religious nation. It's predominantly a secular nation. And that's what we've got to understand. That's why modern day Zionism is fighting for survival right now because the population in the land of Israel is so secular. And we see that uh, center leftist government in operation. We, you know, we see uh, laws that are coming into being that you, you just can't imagine in the Holy Land that we could see these things being established. We see the foundation of that one world order. So yes, we see dictatorship. We see uh, these challenges uh, within the land of Israel. And I really believe that everyone is looking to Israel and how they're dealing with this pandemic and what's going on. And, you know, those who are not vaccinated, get ready. You're going to experience more persecution. In fact, because I'm not vaccinated, I've got to be in isolation for 14 days. But if I was vaccinated, you know, I would just be in isolation for a couple of days and that would be fine. A PCR test and I'd be free to get on with my business here in Israel. But they're looking at ways to shut you down if you're not following the protocol of what they want to bring in. But I don't want to follow man. I want to follow Elohim. So... When we're coming to the fall feast of Yahovah from a messianic perspective, it will change your life. So we don't want to come to the feast from a religious perspective, but we want to come from a messianic. Where is Yeshua in the midst of these feasts? What is the call of Yom Truah? What's the shout? It's a warning. Tell the people, get ready. Come on, get ready for the coming of Messiah. Let's get to that place where we understand it's not just about our personal salvation and our personal relationship with Yeshua. What's it about? It's about the preparation of the nation. Get ready. This is the fall feast. When we see Yom Kippur coming up in nine days time, what are, what are we going to be looking at for Yom Kippur? We're going to be looking at the repentance of the nation. It's a time where we come together as community with a basis of unity. And that's why I pray for those in the church. I pray for church leaders to say, come on, if you don't understand the feast, you know, from a messianic perspective, we're missing everything. And these are, these are not just shadows and, and just good lesson points to see, but we are commanded, each and every believer, to follow the feast. These appointed times that we will start to sense and feel the heartbeat of Elohim. And as you're listening and watching right now, do you sense the heart of a mighty God as we are walking in to these feasts? And you might be thinking, well, I didn't know there was another feast coming up, Yom Kippur. I've heard about that, what the Jews do. I don't really understand that this is the time for us to intercede. Pour out your spirit on the nations, Father, that you're true people will be identified that we will come together as one. And Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, he tabernacles amongst us. 
the wedding supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Let the bride say, come. The bride of the Lamb say, come. Yeshua HaMashiach, come. I can't wait to see the fullness, the fulfilling, <laughs> the fullness of these events come into being. Why? Because all these feasts are about my Savior, Yeshua. And if you love Jesus, if you love Yeshua, and he is your Lord and Savior, then these feasts are what he wants you to embrace so that you can experience the glory of a mighty God. So the Feast of Trumpets is a call to prepare. Let's get ready. What are we preparing for? You know, you've got some Jewish communities, they've been preparing all last month for repentance. You know, uh, the month of Elul, trying to get all the way up to Yom Kippur. You know, there are 40 days and getting organized, repenting for uh, Yom Kippur. So is your name written in the book? You know, will your name be written in the book for another year? And what's our name in? The Lamb's Book of Life. Hallelujah. So, you know, they call it like the 10 days of awe between trumpets and Yom Kippur, the most holy day in the calendar of our God, that we will be right standing before God. Let's prepare our hearts so that we are truly walking in his way, so that we, way, so that we can get to that place, that we, as the bride of Messiah, are uh, spotless without blemish, that we are under the blood of Yeshua, that we are understanding the heartbeat of Elohim at this time. Do you have a passion for the lost? Do you have a passion for those that are outside of the heart of Elohim? Outside the heart of Yeshua? There's so many believers that love God with all their heart, yet they've been taught so much error concerning the feast that when you talk to them about the feast of the Lord, they get angry at you. They, they, they don't know how to respond. They're like, I'm just found in Jesus. I don't need this. And let's reach out to them with the truth. We're not asking them to take on religion. We're, not, we're asking you to follow the holy days of Yehovah that we will be set apart uh, for him. So we want to move from that individual faith to the community of faith, the people of Elohim, that we will come to that place of unity. And this is what we see in the book of Ephesians, where it talks about, you know, some call the fivefold ministry. What's the purpose of these servant offices? The purpose is to bring the body of Messiah to that place of unity that we can stand and walk together. So my heart today is that the trumpet call will go out today that people will get ready and realize that we have to identify with the feasts of Messiah, the feasts of the Lord. These are not the feasts of the Jews. Of course it's for the Jews, but it's also for everyone in Messiah. And it's for the Jews in Messiah. If you're Jewish and you're not in Messiah, you have no covenant with God. Because when Messiah died, the covenant, the marriage uh, contract that the Jews had with Yudhe ended. And that's why the new covenant is with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. They have to be brought in in Messiah. And we see that in the book of Hebrews chapter 8, Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31. So let's move from an individual faith to the community faith. And this is, this is where our witness 
goes out from. Well, you don't just sit, try to do your thing, but we look at our outreach, we look at our desire to minister the truth to other believers that don't understand the feast. <clears throat> Come on, it's time for us to know the will of God. It's time for us to walk in his ways, just like we see in the book of Jeremiah. Our fathers told us lies. It's not because they wanted to lie to us. We had generational lies that were handed down. And what happened? The veil was lifted and we were able to see the truth of who Jesus is, Yeshua is. So, you know, Father, we just want to come together right now. And we don't want to just be about our personal relationship with Messiah. And Father, I thank you for the love of Yeshua within my life and within the lives of those who are listening. But Father, we want to be about the community of Messiah. Will you gather us together as a community, as a people of Elohim, to see your kingdom come and your will being done? Will you bring us to a change, a change of zone, that we will come out of this man-made zone, the way of the world with religion, and embrace, you know, the, the, the zone that the Messiah wants us to walk in, that we will come into the way of the Spirit. We will cross over from death to life. I pray, Father, that if there's people who are watching, you've never followed the thesis the first time you're hearing this. I, I pray, Father, that you will open their eyes and help them see how important this is so that we can understand our Messiah and our Savior, Yeshua. We commit this time to you, Father. We rejoice in these fall feasts and we ask you, Father, help us be focused on your agenda this time over our agenda, that we can be community, that we can bring forth the love, joy, peace of Messiah, that we can be in line with the appointed times of Yehovah and receive in the presence of Yehovah and share the gifts and the blessings that we receive with others in Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I hope you've been blessed and encouraged with the, the message we've shared here tonight at the Feast of Trumpets, Yom Trua. May we shout it loud. It is time for the body of Messiah to be as one together. If you're blessed and encouraged with the ministry of Bulldozer of Faith, you can go to bulldozerfaith.com. You can give through PayPal. You can give through credit card online. You can also see our mailing address uh, you can give bank transfer. There's so many different ways you can give from many countries around the world. And I encourage you to sow into our ministry, especially at this time as we need to establish uh, so much. As we've come through the corona and everything that we're going through, we need the support. We need businesses to get behind us as well so that we can move into a new dimension as a ministry. What's our prayer and focus? That we will be a witness and testimony to this generation that hundreds of thousands if not millions of people will come back to the feasts of Yehovah that we will truly see the body of Messiah mobilized preaching the true gospel of the kingdom for this day that's what it's about that's what your seed goes into and the feast time is a great time to plant seed in the fall feast to say thank you father for how you have blessed me may my resources be used for the expansion of 
your kingdom. If you've got testimony and you've been encouraged and you want to share testimony, you can email me, kenny at bulldozerfaith.com or you can go to the comments section on bulldozerfaith.com. Send me a message. Let me know what the Holy Spirit is doing in and through your life. And, you know, we want to be there and pray with you as well. We also have a Crossing Point Global Community on Facebook. You can sign up on there to that private group. We'll be doing our Zoom calls there and sharing together, praying together as a community. But anyway, happy Yom Truav. Happy as we uh, blessed as we walk into the fall feast of an awesome God. That we are in his heartbeat. We're in his time. And we rejoice together and I look forward to talking to you soon.